Welcome to Continued Conversations, where we explore hot topics in rehabilitation, the keys to personal growth, and how to apply it all to the real world. Hey, welcome back to The Conversation. I'm Brad Dexter, and in the studio today, I have Connor Davis and Danny Gruber with me. Um, They have each been at QLI for a little over a year now in roles as physical therapists within our team. So thanks for joining me, guys. Yeah, Yeah. no Happy to be here. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a winding path. Uh, like I said, you, you guys have been here for just over a year. Um, let you guys share your stories a little bit here and, uh, ask you a few questions about the journey in the last year and what you've learned from it. But before we dive into some of that, um, quick question for you, what is the best, most recent discovery that you've had? My best, most recent discovery is these little lids that you put on baby food pouches that prevent it from squirting out everywhere. Beautiful. <laughs> so they have to suck to get the, the fruit out. That's messes. That seems like something you could use too, Connor. Yes. Yes, actually. <laughs> in fact, yeah, there's uh what is that? Applesauce stuff yeah. in those little pouches. Yeah. Usually ends up on the floor. That's what but... not. That's what it is. Um Mine has to do with Wes, my son, who's one and a half. Uh, it's it's a really good discovery, but also fright frightening because they're watching everything you're doing, right? And so mm-hmm. um, the other day, I was like, uh, I, t- I tackled him, right? Like just a fake tackle. And now he does that every time he sees his mom. And it actually like he's training he's like learning how to tackle well and i'm like this is not good mom does not want you playing football like anyway it's just funny like all the mannerisms you have like your kids will pick up on it and that's like such a good thing but also a little bit scary because sometimes you don't know what you're doing until that you see it in them you know yeah for sure you're like oh maybe i shouldn't have done that exactly Exactly. So you guys have each been at qli um probably celebrated your one-year anniversaries here in the last couple months or Mm -hmm. so right um, Danny, can you kind of tell us, I mean, you came from the classroom into the clinic, maybe share a little bit of your story and how did you end up at QLI? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I had the opportunity, uh, during PT school to, uh, take part as a student here at QLI. So that's how I was introduced to QLI itself. Um, my journey was a little bit different getting into PT school. I, um, went to undergrad at UNO and I had a major in advertising and PR as well as marketing. Um, so nothing related really to this world of uh, healthcare, but, um, as I was transitioning on and working in sales for a couple years, I, it was just in my heart that, gosh, I'm going to be 40 years old someday and really regretting that I didn't go for what I knew I wanted to do, um, all from the beginning. So, um, I went back to school and full support of my husband. He's like, all right, I'll work. And you go back to school, took the prereqs. And then, um, I went to UNMC and was a student, as I said, introduced to this world, which is very different from most in the rehab world. Um, and then thankfully I got a job here. So, um, just like that, it was that easy. easy. No, 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 no. I think it's a good connections, good connections. Right. Um, it's always who, you know, and people and relationships are developing, um, that helped, I think, jumpstart that. Did you think you'd be working with the populations that you're working with at QLI? Yeah. So when I was a student, I was brain injury and stroke. Um, I had a wonderful CI and I learned a lot. Um, and then when I got hired on, actually up until a couple of days before I started, I thought I was going to be in that. And I found out I was in spinal cord injury. Um, so to my surprise, surprise I was, yeah. yes, 
I was quite um, a little bit nervous and excited at the same time to learn. Um, but yeah, so the transition, just being a new student to um, a rehab facility that is uh, quite intense um, is amazing, but also a little bit intimidating. How about you, Connor? Well, I uh, ended up at Nebraska Wesleyan in Lincoln uh, after starting my college at Benedictine College. I was pre-med track, then quickly realized that um, sticking people with needles and then having injections going is not the path I wanted to go. So I was like, how do I be with people and practice medicine, but outside the body? And that's how I found physical therapy. Realized quickly that um, Atchison, Kansas didn't have many um, places that I could shadow to figure out what PTs do. At that point, I decided to move to Lincoln and then actually shadow at Madonna um, to then decide that I wanted to go the PT route. So I was exercise science there, got into Regis in Denver, um, got through PT school 2018, and then um, got a job in Pueblo, Colorado um, in a outpatient or a hospital-based outpatient, just real mixed setting, which was by design. I really wanted that. I really wanted to get like a broad scope of all different injuries, all different people, all different socioeconomic statuses, just so I knew where I wanted to go with my career. And so four years of that was plenty of time in Pueblo. We had Wes and uh, my wife said, are we moving to Denver where my family is or which mine, not my wife's family, or are we moving to Omaha where her family is? I was like, well, I'm tired of Denver. Let's let's try something, you know. And so at that point, uh, through my friend group that lives here from the Wesleyan days, uh, Corey, uh, one of our OTs, found out that I was moving here, and he just threw out, "Hey, you should really apply at this QLI place. Like, we have a rare opening, man, and that'd be a great place to work." Like, oh, I appreciate it, Corey. I'll find my own job. I think so, you know, type of thing. <laughs> And then he kept, you know, another month goes by and he's like, have you applied for that QLI job? Man, this is, he's really pushing me on this. I should really look into it. And so I did. And that at that moment, I knew like, man, Corey's really sticking an arm out for me. He's really wanting me to be able to su succeed here and, and be at a place that he knew I would love and be successful at. So then at that point, I applied and went through the interview process. And I'm like, so glad I did because my plan was just to get out here, find a part-time home health job and a part-time other thing and then dry needle people on the side make some money you know I didn't yeah. know what we were going to do but I knew it would work out so I'm thankful for him for sure yeah yeah so that I, I want to kind of grab onto that I'm so glad I did part of what you just said said because I think you know one of the things that everyone that works at QLI loves is the culture it's yeah. unique and from your guys' perspective, what has that what has that been like for you in the last twelve months here, um, Danny? You've you've been in the workforce, gone back to school, and and started at QLI. And um, Connor, you you were working elsewhere, right? Yeah. Um, and so you have a di little different perspective that way. But can you guys maybe just speak to that and and how that's impacted you in the first year on the job at QLI? Yeah, I can start. Yeah. Um, I think. A little backstory. As a student, I always wanted to be uh, get to the point in my career where I felt very comfortable and almost felt like a leader on the team. And like 
collaborative and you're not just nervous all the time, you know, mm -hmm. and it took me a while to do that at my last place. And I felt like I did accomplish that and it felt good and felt really hard to leave. And even with that, I felt there were days where I'd be in my car at seven o'clock in the morning, sitting in the parking lot, like, man, I'm really dreading the next nine hours. Like I, I'd like my job. I help people. I don't really want to go in there right now. Like I'd rather do something else, mm. which I mean, that's, that's how it works. Like we all have to work, but it might as well be at somewhere where you like to be too. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I knew and nothing against where I worked before. But when I, I told Megan the other day in my yearly uh, review, I said, I can honestly say I haven't had that parking lot moment where I'm sitting there. I really don't want to go. I, there's times, yeah, I'd rather be with my family than be here at work. But like, I haven't, ha like when I get here, I'm, I'm a hundred percent dialed in. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's how it's been for me the last year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the culture at QLI is so much of the reason I wanted a job here. So when I was a student, I, uh, I cried when I left and I thought, gosh, I'm never going to have that opportunity just because, um, it is such a cool place and people don't tend to leave quickly here. Um, and I, there's kind of this joke I've been hearing of some new residents come in and they say, gosh, what are you guys drinking in the water? You know, <laughs> um, that's, it's true though. It's seen, it sounds almost too good to be true, but I think it's just, it's almost an expectation that when you're an employee here, that, um, it's, you're just a little bit different. And I think QLI is very, um, decisive and, um, intricate with how they hire people, um, in the hiring process and why that is so in depth. Um, and there's so many different personalities here too. It's not like we're all the same, you know, it's, there's so many different personalities, but figuring out how to be cohesive and here for the same purpose. Um, I think when you come in, you have to feel it. It's hard to even verbally explain, but you walk in and you know that something's different here. The, uh, what are y'all drinking there? What's what's in the water? People have been asking that for 30 years too. Really? You know? Um, so there's consistency. That's for sure. That's really cool. Um, so, you know, just being, being in a new job, right? There's an element of like learning the skills that you need for, for that job, right? But also learning the company a little bit too. And like find, finding your place, understanding the language, how to operate with other team members. Can you guys just maybe talk about how have you navigated that here in the first year? And and maybe, you know, for anyone that's coming behind you, like what kind of advice would you have for them too? I didn't know what to expect because, you know, I've only had one PT job before that and you're a new grad. And so they expect you not to know anything essentially. And then you get uh, your second job. Well, yeah, I've been a PT for four years. I've worked with people that have spinal cord injury in an outpatient setting, I've worked with people with brain injury, you know, I know the population, but do I do popover transfers, you know, every day, all day? No, you know? So like, I think coming into it with like a lot of humility, like that's super important. And I think that's important in general, like just in life, but like as a PT, we all know you got through PT school. You don't need to prove how smart you are, you know, like <laughs> just show up, learn from the people that have been doing it and express gratitude when they teach you how, how they do it so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You know? So that's how I've tried to approach it as I'm like really trying to hit the, hit the ground running and take on like the house six caseload was 
really leaning on Anna, who was the PT before I got here for that house and just, hey, teach me your tricks as fast as you can, as safe as you can, because I want to do it as well as you, you know, type yeah. of thing. And I think having that open communication of like, you're not going to hurt my feelings when you tell me to do it differently or ask me to, you know, approach something differently. Um, in terms of like the physical therapy skills, that's what I, that's how I've approached the learning curve. And there's obviously so many other roles or hats that we wear here that I'm still learning how to navigate. Yeah. And I think, I think like you said, you said it good, Connor, like it's a, it's a big learning curve anywhere you go. But um, we were just talking about this, the tri-dimensional rehab that QLI offers and that, um, you know, we spoke a ton about this in PT school with whole person care. Um and that's kind of how I look at tridimensional rehab in a simpler term, but, um, with that meaning involvement of, you know, medical team and clinical team, and then our house team and how important they all are. Um, and we just spoke about this yesterday at our meeting of just, they don't work. One doesn't work without the other. You have to have them all together. Um, so I almost think me coming into this year and learning these things is a little almost opposite of what you were saying. Um, because I did work in the, the quote unquote real world for a few years, um, non-traditional student, a little older going back to school, coming here, although it's my first PT job, it's not my first job. Um, so I think just, I had to find a real balance of, um, humbleness, but also with confidence. Um, there was a lot of things. I think I struggled more with confidence. Um, surprisingly, I, it's easier for me to be humble and just, um, kind of doubt myself in those situations. Whereas a new grad, I, I had to remind myself, you do know things, um, just because you're in your first year, doesn't mean you don't know things. So, um, humbling, but also confidence and balancing skills, but with willingness to learn, I think was my big thing for the first year. It's been uh, it's been a hot minute since I was a student now, but I did have a rotation at QLI as well when I was going through PT school. And and one of the like best things that I was told even before I started was, hey, you know, you'll have a lot to learn from the PTs here as a PT student, but there are a lot of other people to learn from around here too. And I think you guys really just captured that in in what you're talking about, like. Hey, I've, I've got my roles and I'm learning some of those specific skill sets, but I've also got a lot of different people that make this whole thing move forward, right? We always talk about picking up the shattered pieces of life, putting those back together again for people. And it's not just a physical aspect of their lives that that is being addressed. It's It's all of these other aspects that really contribute to healing and moving forward again, not just for individuals that we're serving in the rehab process, but their families and their support systems as well. And so um, I love hearing you guys talk about some of that and even uh, just recognizing your your place on the team and and how to support one another um, and, and how to support the team as well. So it's really cool. So one thing I think about, um, you know, you guys are, are PTs, but a skill that I think a lot of people probably develop when they start working at QLI is the skill of having challenging conversations, right? Uh, along those lines of you know, helping people pick up the the shattered pieces of life again, you're oftentimes, you know, in a position where you you may be consoling, you have people that are in grief, you have people that are, um, you know, having really a really tough day. Um, how have you guys maybe started to learn that skill of having challenging conversations? And, and do you have maybe any examples of how that's gone well for you? Yeah. Um, I think so 
interestingly enough, I was just talking to another coworker about a month ago. I probably had the hardest conversation yet in my career, my one-year career. Um, but as soon as I got on, like I had mentioned, I thought I was going to be working with brain injury and stroke, um, which entails quite a bit different conversations. Um, but when you come into spinal cord injury, those conversations look a lot different because they're generally cognitively intact. Um, so the conversations over the last year, as you said, have just come through experience and natural flowing and learning. Um, I've had some really hard conversations and really sweet conversations. And I think, they've really actually developed me as a person, even outside of work. Um, they've challenged me um, in many ways to meet people where they're at and to really uh, be quick to listen, realizing that sometimes these people just want you to listen um, before you're giving any response. Of course, you want to encourage and support them up, but just listening to these people who are in the most challenging time of their life. Um, I think a conversation I had, um, with a higher level spinal cord injury, um, just really hopeful for, um, returning to, uh, doing activities they did before and, um, things that were at this time, not realistic for them. Um, and how are we maintaining the balance of hopefulness, um, with encouragement, but also giving them the reality of where they're at right now and how we can make their life have meaning and purpose the here and now with maintaining that hope. Um, so I think it's a really big challenge and I think everyone kind of approaches it a little bit differently, but I think they all really build us up just as much as they build the residents up. Well said. <laughs> um, I, I do have a couple examples and I, I want to say that I feel like I've been working on this muscle my whole career, you know, mm -hmm. um, back even in undergrad reading books, like the obstacle is the way, like the chat, the road you know, less traveled, that kind of stuff. Like that's what builds us as people and that's what makes life fulfilling. And so all that sort of stuff. But um, when you ask for an example, I can just think, think back to one of our residents who is already discharged and I keep in contact with, and um, I'll never forget. There was a time when, you know, he was asking, he was asking me some pretty tough questions and, you know, you hear, you feel your heart rate, kind of increase you're trying to stay calm on the outside which you're doing you think you're doing a good job of and and then you you really just talk with a passionate tone and just and just tell them the facts and I'll, I'll never forget he he kind of started crying and and gave me a hug and, and I said are you doing okay and he goes I just appreciate that you're willing to tell me the truth mm. you know and like it's and you know the news is was tough to hear and it wasn't like I know have all the answers but at least he knew that I'm not gonna lie to him you know and to this day we're friends you know and so um I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes when you feel that heart rate accelerate a little and you know it's one of those obstacle moments like take it because it'll be worth it usually you know so yeah yeah that's what a what a great example you know one of the things that um in a previous podcast conversation that I, I had, um, you know, we were talking about uh, challenging conversations. And one of the themes that came out of that was like, hey, each of these people that I've had a hard conversation with is actually one of the people that I'm close to. Um, we're still close to, or we stay in contact, whatever it may be, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so there's certainly like, it doesn't happen all of the time, but I think it's just really encouraging to hear you guys like trying to strengthen those muscles 
not shying away from it, um, building relationships with the people that you're working with. That that's so important, um, and, and coming alongside and being able to uh, meet them where they're at. Right. Sometimes it it probably means I don't know the answer to that. Can I let let me go look into that, or let's learn together as we do this. Right. Um, and other times you you can be straightforward and you can be honest if you know the person well enough, right? Mm-hmm. Style probably still matters in all of that. Yeah. Um, no, that's really good. I think the last place that I would love to land with you guys, um, and thank you for the time you've given me so far, uh, is just trying to figure out like, you know, what what kind of things have been most challenging for you in year one on the job here? Obviously, it's different circumstances than um, you know, then just going straight through school and going through the classroom and jumping into the clinic. But, you know, what kind of challenges have you guys faced and how are you kind of learning through those challenges? I think one of the main challenges is just figuring out the ebbs and flows of the the PT role here at QLI. Not ebbs and flows, but more like what 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 are we all supposed to take on? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, who's in charge of doing this part? Who's in charge of doing that part? At my last place, we had a person who did the scheduling. All we did was provide physical therapy, you know, and this, and and this is what I love about QI. It's like, yeah, I provide physical therapy, but I'm also involved in the discharge planning and the, um, you know, recommendations for DME, obviously, um, writing the LMNs, all these like things that are part of our job within our scope, but um, didn't really know necessarily where to fit that in in the day and so I think that's one of the biggest challenges for me oddly enough I actually you said that very well Connor I think the first word that came to my mind when he said challenge I just sat here for a second and uh role came to mind in my head like what is my role um as you mentioned, oftentimes in PT in school and clinical rotations, they teach you uh, wonderful things, but a lot of PT places are, you're the PT and, um, you kind of have to fight for that whole person care, um, in order to cover, to cover all your bases. Uh, whereas here we have a wonderful team who helps pick up some of that slack. And I think coming out of PT school, we are achievers and we are people who think, you know, we got this, we're going to figure it out, even if we're drowning, like he said. Um, so I think it's been humbling, but encouraging to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, I have a team of people who we figure out where our roles are. And that saying of we all wash windows here. Sometimes I am uh, doing intense physical therapy and other times I'm helping out um, doing something that I probably wouldn't even have imagined. Like let's, we're going to get coffee because that's what you need today. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just, or helping out clean up something, uh, clean up something that is in the house. I think it's just been humbling to experience and figure out your roles um, within QLI as a whole, but then when also, also within our team. So I have to give a little bit of credit to Connor. Uh, it's been on my mind. He's so we both started around the same time. Um, so new PTs to this world. And, um, it's been sweet to see him encourage me as a new grad all while he is a new PT in this world. Um, so being part of that team of gosh, I can lean on him, you know, even though we're both new, so you can lean on some, some veterans, but you can also lean on some rookies in this world too. So I think, yeah, just overall finding our role here. Um, and finding how that works and that it's a flexible role. Yeah. All right. One more question. Mentors. All right. I, I think anytime you step into a new job, like you're looking, you're looking ahead, like who, who can help me grow? Certainly you want to help other people grow and you want to build into them, but you guys are maybe both at a point where it's like, 
I need someone to kind of help me um, learn. So who, who have you maybe sought after as a mentor or who's kind of become a mentor for you in the last year? There's so many people that I feel like I've learned from even outside of PTOT. Um, gosh, I, I really feel like I have learned a ton um, in one hand from uh, Anna and Sarah, both just being in spinal cord injury and helping me um, humbly transition into the things I really don't know about this world. Um, but then I've also just learned from, again, like I said, Connor and Megan and uh, even you, Brad, honestly, transparently, just people that are a part of this team. Um, it just depends on the situation. You know, how many times in PT school did we get told it depends? Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah. I think I need that tattooed on my forehead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just, I've had so many mentors. It'd be really hard for me to nail one down. Um, I, I will say, I really, uh, appreciate Megan. I think she takes on a lot, um, being the leader of our team and that we know we can always go to her, um, when we are feeling a little confused and if she doesn't know, she's going to direct us to somebody who does. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I agree with all of those people. Um, I did mention, especially off the bat, Anna was pivotal for me. Um, taking over her caseload and giving me the ins and outs of all of her people. And uh, so that was great. And she did a good job of like not treating me like a PT student, but treating me like a PT that she's, that's taking over her role, you know, which I appreciate. And then as I've kind of grown into now the house six PT, she's gracefully kind of stepped out and then, you know, is working on the motor learning program, but I know I can always go to her if I have questions and sometimes she'll pop in and be like, have you thought of this? You know, yeah. and just like that subtle nudge and challenge, you know? Um, but also I got to mention Melissa, um, just with her experience with SCI, I know like she's an OT, but, and she works, she kind of runs our driving program, mm -hmm. but she's always a good person to throw ideas ac across the table and then also get some insight on based on what you've seen in your last four-year career at Madonna, like generally what's the prognosis for someone who comes in like looking like this, you know, for example, and she's like, oh, you can expect to probably see this in a couple of years. It's like, wow, that's valuable versus, you know, if, if I've only seen a total of maybe 25 people in the course of the 10 how 10 person house we have at QLI over the year, it's hard to get a good grasp on what's, what's a prognosis yeah. look like. So it's hard to generalize that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's always, and, and I can always ask her a question and she won't look at me. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, which is very, which is very nice. And I yeah. feel like that across the board at QLI, but I sit next to Melissa. So she's been giving me some mentorship as well. Nice. I do have to add, I just thought of something. Um, I think there's one person that you probably are going to agree with on this that goes a little bit under the radar um, and is a huge mentor, um, Sam. Sam is, she has been here for almost five years, I believe. Um, and we've made jokes back and forth, you know, um, technically we go, oh, we have a higher education than you. Sam knows way more than I do about spinal cord injury. Um, and she's a great teacher. I know to both Connor and I, so I feel like Sam is someone who's kind of quiet and hidden about it, but she's very knowledgeable and a really good mentor to us just from her experience alone. It's awesome. All right, guys, thank you for giving me the time. Thanks for sharing your stories and things that you've been learning uh, along the way. I um, hope it's valuable to our listeners, anyone else that is new jumping out of school into the workforce. Um, hopefully you guys can uh, pick something up from this as well. Uh, 
Hope you tune in next time to our next episode. Thanks for joining the conversation with us today. If you found it helpful, please share with your family and friends. You can learn more about us on our website at continuetelerehab.com or check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook.